This morning we are continuing our journey in the book of Second Peter that we began last week. And I want to just remind you of two things as we begin this morning. This book is written by Peter uh, in the same general time frame that he wrote First Peter, A.D. 60 to A.D. 67, with this particular book written toward the end of that time frame, shortly before um, he was martyred for the sake of Jesus Christ. And then the other thing is the theme that reappears throughout this particular book as we read that, and it's this, that believers should continue faithfully in the truth as they await the return of Jesus Christ. Again, believers should continue faithfully in the truth as they await the return of Jesus Christ. And as we said a few minutes ago, it might be today when he comes back. It could very well today be today. It might not be, but the important thing is be ready for when that moment happens. We're going to be in Second Peter this morning, chapter 1, and we're going to be beginning with verse 12, and we will continue through the end of the chapter. And as I often ask you to do, if you are physically able to stand right now, would you stand uh, to honor the reading of God's Word? Again, Second Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. God's Word says this, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for the opportunity, for the privilege, for the blessing of reading your holy word this morning. And Father, now as we take a step into this text, Father, I pray simply you will hide me behind your cross. Lord, I pray that your anointing will be over my entire body this morning. Lord, I pray that I will preach you and you crucified, and I pray that I will point this congregation to you and to the cross. Father, may this be the day that we leave here rejoicing because our eyes have seen you save and set people free. Father, may you be forever glorified in this place, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the title of this morning's message is Don't Forget to Remember. Don't Forget to Remember. I don't know uh, if you can see that on the screen right now, but it's supposed to be a sticky note. That's, that's what that's supposed to be. Um, 
And, you know, I use sticky notes all the time. I write stuff down that I don't want to forget, and I put it in a place where I can see it because if it's out of sight, it might be out of mind. But, you know, have you ever had a time where you have written a note and then you ask somebody to also remind you? Tip, I have many times, and typically in those occasions, it's something that I want to be absolutely certain that I don't forget. It, I want to be absolutely certain that I don't forget it. So again, the title of this morning's message is Don't Forget to Remember. And this, that's what Peter is doing here. He's making certain that these people, or he is making every effort that he possibly can, that these people to whom he is writing, which, by the way, it's now us. We, he was writing to the original recipients of the letter, but now we are the ones who are reading. And he wants to make certain that we don't forget these qualities. And just to remind you of the qualities, they're back earlier in chapter 1, beginning with verse 5, where we covered last week when he says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So this morning, as, as he talks about the qualities, those are the qualities that he is talking about. And we're going to see this morning through our text, verses 12 through 21, that Peter is going to be giving the readers some reminders And he also takes an opportunity to reassure them as well. So as our text begins this morning, we're going to be looking at verses 12 through 15 at at the onset here of this. And I'm going to just read verses 12 through 15 to you. And I want you just to make a mental note every time you hear the word either remind, reminder, recall, you follow what I'm saying the the opportunity that Paul is taking to make sure these people remember. So let's hear this again. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it's right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. So how many times in those verses is he reminding the readers? Three times. Three times in those verses. Now, why would he do that? Why would Peter do that? Well, the short answer is because it's very important. He wants to make sure that these things are not forgotten. Now, Remember, about 30 years prior to the time that that Peter is writing this, Jesus told Peter one day how he's going to die, how Peter's going to die. Remember, it's back in John 21, verses 18 and 19. Jesus told Peter that the day would be coming when Peter would die as a martyr. Now, just imagine hearing news like that. And then 30 years follow, and you're wondering, what day is it going to be? What day am I going to die as a martyr? Well, in our text that's on the screen right now, he is convinced that it's going to be soon. 
It's going to be soon. So he realizes that his opportunity to remind these people, he's, he's on a short time frame, so he is doing everything that he can to be sure that these qualities are not forgotten, that these spiritual truths are remembered instead. I wonder if any of us knew today that we were going to die soon. That there would probably be some conversations that we would want to have, wouldn't it? We'd want to talk with the people that are the closest to us. We would want to make sure that they knew certain things, that they remembered certain things for the day that we are no longer with them and are able to tell them certain things. I think all of us would want to do that, wouldn't we? I want to encourage you to do it today. I want to encourage you to do it today. Don't take for granted that you'll be here tomorrow on this earth. You might not be here tomorrow. So those conversations that you would have if you knew that your life was coming to an end, I want to encourage you to have them today. Those people that you need to have spiritual conversations with to tell them about Jesus Christ, have those conversations today. You might not have tomorrow. So with that in mind, Peter's writing with a sense of urgency here. And he wanted to be sure that we pay attention. Now, let's just face it. Believers, believers need reminders. If you were here last Sunday and heard last Sunday's sermon, you know, I said that the expectation for a Christian is that we always continue to grow spiritually. That's the expectation. But we need reminders so that we don't grow complacent in our walk with the Lord. Now, here in, this, in verses 16 and 17, Peter starts talking about the glory of Jesus. But notice how he does it. In verse 16, he tells them that they did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why would, be, why would Peter be talking about this now? Why would he be telling them that they did not follow some type of cleverly devised myth? Well, let me ask you this. If you were making an important decision today, let's just say you were making a decision that is going to be life-changing, would you want to base that decision on a myth? Or would you want to base it on an eyewitness testimony. And I think all of us would want to base our decision on an eyewitness testimony. And that is what Peter's point is here. He is referring to the transfiguration there at the end of verse 16 when he says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, perhaps this morning you hear the word transfiguration and you're not quite certain what that means. I want to tell you quickly what the transfiguration of Jesus was. Remember that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain with him. And do you remember why they went up on the mountain? They went to pray. Um, Luke's gospel tells us that they went up there to pray. Remember, this morning, Brother Mark was talking to us about prayer. Now, I want to just make the point that if Jesus viewed prayer as being important enough to take three of the disciples up to a mountain with him alone to pray, it should be very important to us as well. But anyway, back to the transfiguration. 
Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on this mountain to pray. And once they get up to the top of the mountain is when the transfiguration of Jesus occurred. Jesus began to shine with rays of light. Can you imagine how that would have been? I mean, it would have been glorious if it had stopped right there, wouldn't it? To have seen this man that you walked up on the mountain with to to suddenly begin shining with rays of light. But it doesn't stop there. You remember what happens next? Moses and Elijah appear and, and Jesus talks with them. And it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. What happens next? They hear the voice of God. They hear the voice of God. Can you imagine what that would have been like to have audibly heard the voice of God? And then we don't have to wonder what the voice of God said. It's documented for us. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. The majesty and the glory of His name. His name is Jesus. I wonder, do you know him today? Do you know this man named Jesus Christ? We see in verse 18 that Peter goes on to describe this eyewitness account. He says, we heard, we heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. I I suspect if I had been there with Jesus on that mountain, I would have considered the mountain holy too, wouldn't you? If you had gone up with Jesus thinking you were going up there to pray, then you see the transfiguration of Jesus happen, and then you hear the voice of God. I believe I would describe it as a holy mountain also. Holy is His name, and everything about Jesus Christ is holy. Everything about Jesus Christ is holy. But Peter wants them to know this information. He is going into detail here because he wants to remove all doubt about the authority that he has to teach. The very fact that he was an apostle of Jesus Christ and that his eyes had seen this and his ears had heard that, it removed the doubt from the people that he had authority to teach. They knew that he did at that point. Now, beginning in verse 19 and continuing through the end of this chapter and even in the beginning verses of chapter 2, he begins to deal directly with false teachers. Remember, I told you near the beginning of the message last week that false teaching had occurred there. False teachers Um, had been on this scene, and as a result of what they were saying, as a result of what these false teachers were teaching, some of the believers, some of the Christians, were beginning to doubt their faith. False teaching, just like I said last week, it's always been dangerous, and it always will be dangerous. And I want to tell you, church, we have absolutely no excuse to fall for false teaching. We have the luxury, the blessing of holding this book in our hand. We should be reading this book. Read it. Read it again. Read it more. Read it more and more and more. Immerse yourself in the Word of God so that you will know what it says. Remember, what Scripture says is right. And if our opinion should 
contradict Scripture, guess what? We are wrong, not the Scripture. So immerse yourself in Scripture. Know what it says. Spend time daily in the Word. And perhaps you're hearing this this morning and you're thinking, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. But hear me say this in love. If you don't have time to do it, then our priorities are all mixed up. Our priorities are mixed up. Let's face it. We generally do the things that we want to do. Those things that we truly want to do, we find a way to do those things. And if immersing yourself in God's Word is not one of those things that you want to do and you also call yourself a Christian, you need to take a strong look inside. You need to take a strong look inside and ask yourself the question, why is it that I have no desire to spend more and more time with the Lord in His Word? I want to encourage us always, take a look inside our heart and see what needs to change. And then Peter says, and we have this prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention. And then he says, as a lamp shining in a dark place. Now, why would, why would he use an analogy of a lamp that was shining? Well, first of all, he knew they would get what he was talking about. You know, at that time, their light came from lamps or perhaps torches. And, you know, I think sometimes when we read something like this, we don't fully appreciate it because we are so reliant on electricity. You know, if we want to light a dark place, we go in the room and flip the light switch, don't we? That's what we do. Now, can, can we just admit this morning we are blessed in this country that we're able to do that, that we have stable electricity, that we can go into a room and turn on the, lamp, on the light switch and a light comes on unless the bulb of course is shot and then we can usually change the bulb and it will work but you know i'm convinced that this is one of those things we don't fully appreciate until it doesn't work until the electricity goes off and let's let's just admit it's rarely ever in the overall scheme of things it's rarely ever that our electricity goes off but when it goes off we know it don't we we can't wait till the moment that it gets back on. And you know, in those moments, like at home, we've got some oil lamps. I don't use my oil lamps for decoration. They're in a certain place in the house. We all know where they are. And when the electricity goes off, if it is showing any sign of becoming dark outside, we get the lamps. And guess what? Those lamps have oil in them. What would it be to go and get a lamp when the electricity is off and intend to use it for light and there'd be no oil in the lamp, it wouldn't work, would it? I suppose you could light the wick and it would probably burn till the wick burned up, but that would be just about the end of it. I wonder this morning, is there oil in your lamp? If you're, if you're a Christian this morning, you're a vessel you're a lamp that should be reflecting the light of Christ. Is there oil in your lamp this morning? Remember, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And in him, there is no 
darkness at all. So Jesus is that lamp that is shining. We should keep our eyes upon Him and point people to the light. Now, until the day dawns and the morning star arises, until the day dawns, it's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it one more time, church. He's coming back, just like He said. He is coming back. It might be today. Are you ready for that? The morning star is referring to Jesus at the very moment of the second coming. Now, finally, in verses 20 and 21 this morning, Peter is reminding the readers, which again is now us, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's interpretation. So that should give us, it should give us assurance this morning that the Word of God is true. It came from God through human authors. But God told them what to write. And that is what they recorded. So we can rely on the Word of God as being true from cover to cover. And then finally he says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You ever stop to think, what would it have been like to have been there when the Scriptures were being recorded? Can you imagine what that would have been like? I believe one day we'll get to meet those people who recorded the Scripture. What a day that will be. But the thing that I'm looking the most forward to is seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus and being in His presence. So as we close today, I want to ask you, have you remembered the things? Remember, we've been talking about don't forget to remember. So have you remembered the things that are truly important? Those things that will make an eternal difference in the lives of all those that are around you. And don't don't take for granted that you'll be here tomorrow. None of us might be here tomorrow. First of all, Jesus might come back today, but even if he doesn't come back today, one of our lives or multiple of our lives could end at any second. Only Jesus knows when that, when that moment is going to be that our life is going to end. Are we ready? Are we ready to stand in front of him? I wonder this morning, have you grown possibly complacent in your walk with the Lord? If you have, I want to tell you, it would be a great opportunity today just to come forward and rededicate your life, just to make the commitment to Jesus that from this day forward, I'm going to immerse myself in your word. I'm going to to rearrange my schedule. I'm going to rearrange my priorities. I'm going to evaluate what my priorities truly are and what's important. Perhaps some of you just need to come forward and kneel at the foot of the cross and make that commitment between you and Jesus. You don't even have to talk to me at all. But I, I want to encourage you, if you've got a need, come forward always during the time of invitation. But then I want to talk for just a moment. If you're here this morning or if you're hearing my voice this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you definitely need to come forward. 
you definitely need to come forward. I would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. I will guarantee you it will be the best decision that you will ever make in your entire lifetime. I wonder this morning, do you know him? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? You know, I want to tell you, it's not difficult. The process of following Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's not difficult. Humans have made it difficult over all these years, but I truly believe it is as simple that a child can understand it. I wonder this morning, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If not, I, I beg you, come forward. Don't, don't make the assumption that you will be here tomorrow. Your life could end today. You might be standing before Jesus today. And I want to tell you, eternity is a very long time to be wrong. It is a very long time to be wrong. If you have any doubt at all, I I would love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're here today and and you you just need to pray about something else. I encourage you to come forward. Let's use this altar. I've said it many times over the last several weeks. I truly wish we would use this altar so much that it would wear the carpet off of it where we would need to replace it. It needs to be used. Let's use it for whatever the need is. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you so much just for the opportunity to read your word. Father, help us never to take that, that opportunity, that, that um, privilege for granted. Father, I pray that that we will have a desire to immerse ourselves in your word. Lord, I pray that we will want to know more and more about your word each and every day. And what I pray that we will be willing to take a step into the scripture and to truly absorb it. Father, I pray that fire will be in our heart. Lord, I pray that it will just simply ignite within us. And what I pray that each day it will just be like we want more and more time in the scripture. Father, I pray right now for decisions that that need to be made. Lord, I pray that if there is someone here today that is carrying a burden, Lord, I pray that this will be the day that that burden is laid at the foot of the cross. Lord, I, I know that you are totally sufficient for each and every burden that we have. Lord, help us just to give them to you and lay them at your feet. Father, for people that may be hearing my voice that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that your conviction will fall upon their heart and on their lives. Lord, I pray that they would, their minds would be able to comprehend how uncertain this life is, but how certain that eternity is. Lord, I pray that you will give them a glimpse on what it would be, what it would look like to spend eternity separated from you in hell. Father, I pray that we will see you save and set people free here today. Lord, I pray that today and always in this place that you and you alone will be glorified. Lord, may you be exalted here. And Father, for all of the things that you will do, Lord, we we will give you the praise, honor, and glory for it all. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.